And we all have all these amazing gifts that we are here to contribute to each other, to make each other's lives better, to make each other, you know, smile and just have a, a good experience while we're here on earth. And so if you can empower other people to offer up what they know they are good at, then they're happier. They're creating something in the world that's spreading joy. They're making a living off of something that they are happy to make a living at. They're not going into a job that is dulling their light or, you know, making them sad or creating stress. And if everybody can bring that joy to the world, that right there is extremely important. Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so happy you're here with me today. Today, I invite you to take a break from the stress and the hustle and bustle of life and go on an adventure with me. I'm talking with professional actor, experiential travel expert, and cultural tour curator, Juliana Dever. Juliana has turned her passion for exploration and adventure into a fulfilling career. I loved hearing her stories, learning about why she leads tours to destinations you might not have even heard of, and hearing the passion in her voice as she explained why it's important to her to work with local businesswomen in the areas that she travels. And because my world is full of actors and dancers and filmmakers, I had to take the opportunity to ask Juliana, who is also an actress, some questions for my acting friends. You all know I love to travel, and today's guest just kicked that desire up for me to a whole new level. Now I am dying to go on one of Juliana's tours. Just the passion, enthusiasm in her voice, you can tell that she really geeks out on planning the tiny details of these trips, and I mean that as a compliment. She was amazing to talk to, and I would just love to spend, you know, a couple of weeks sitting on her shoulder, following her around, learning all about the ins and outs of how she puts together these amazing travel experiences. But whether it's a quick weekend away or a months-long journey across the globe, I just love traveling because traveling has this unique ability, as we discussed in the show, to create lifelong memories, introduce us to new friends, broaden our horizons, teach us about new cultures, and even inspire us to try new things and get out of our comfort zones. There's just so many benefits to travel. I think it opens up a whole new world to us that many of us maybe have not experienced growing up. So I I just love talking to Juliana. So whether you jump onto one of her tours, which you'll hear about today, or you plan your own regional weekend getaway, I hope this interview inspires you to explore just a little bit more. You can learn more about Juliana and her tours on her award-winning travel blog, Clever Dever Wherever, which I will link in the show notes. So sit back, relax, and let's escape into a world of travel with Juliana Dever. 
Welcome to the show, Juliana. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How did travel become such a big part of your life when growing up, it wasn't necessarily such a big part of your reality? Sometimes there's parts of your personality that you know when you're a child and you you don't know yet how that's going to come into play for me. And it's funny, like sometimes I think about my origin story being somehow related to Wizard of Oz and that idea of, well, Dorothy was a girl from Kansas and she could go see the world. Like I, I sometimes I joke that I used to think tornadoes were a form of travel. (laughs) I mean, obviously there's a very dark side to that, but uh, I spent enough time in my basement to know. But there was something magical about that idea that you could you could be born in a, a place for for me. I'll speak for myself being from a suburb of St. Louis. It just felt like the world was out there, but you didn't know if it was possible for you to see it. You know, is that something I could do? And so I just dreamed about it always as a kid. I, I just I just knew one day I would that somehow I would get to see the world. So it was for me, it was never really a question of if it was always when. Yeah. And then you also say that when you finally took your first international trip, you came home and your dreams doubled in size. How do you think travel changed you? Oh, my goodness. I I wish this for every person. (laughs) It's to me, it's more important than spending money on so many other things that we think will make us happy. Um, you know, filling our spaces with material goods that we're just going to toss at some point. Um, for me, the experience of getting outside of the frame of reference that I knew, because that's all you have, right? It's that, that this is how this works. These are who these people are. This is what you can expect. When you take that leap, and it doesn't necessarily matter how far, but if you can take that leap and put yourself in a in a different environment with new people, new situations, suddenly you realize there's a whole world of possibility out there. There's like, I didn't realize that this food existed. I didn't know that this architecture existed. I didn't know, you know, I remember the first time I even, I, I planned a trip for my mom. And one of one of the things that I enjoy is just going to a grocery store in a foreign country. And looking at all the food and going like, I don't even know what this package says. <laughs> and you're so amazed by it. And I remember my mom, she came, she was just wide eyed looking around the grocery store. And she said, after we left, she's, there are people in that grocery store going about their daily life. They're buying dinner for, they're buying groceries for dinner. And they don't even know about St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny because it really, I understood in that moment what she meant. And it's what I'd been feeling too. You're just one glorious piece in this entire mosaic of humanity on this planet. And so when you get to see how everyone else does it, you realize that you can dream bigger, you can do more. And it, it's just such an exciting path that unrolls in front of you. Yeah, I totally believe that. I really think that Not everybody has the means maybe to send their kids away for college, but I do feel like you need to get out of your hometown and go somewhere else to experience the world. Yes. Experience. I mean, it could be experience part of the U.S. It doesn't have to be the world, but it just opens your eyes. And it always makes me so sad when I hear people talk about, oh, I hate my life. I hate my job. I hate where I live. And I'm like, get in the car and go. Do something. (laughs) I know a lot of times. There is the idea that you are 
a victim of your own circumstances. But I just I don't believe that I I've been in a lot of unfortunate circumstances and I, I have always, no matter where I found myself, just make a different choice. Try something else. It doesn't matter if that gets you to rock bottom. It doesn't just make a different choice because you'd be surprised what you can even conceive or this idea that comes to you. You're like, oh, I didn't even think of that until I went to a, you know, to a different spot. So it's just you really need to expand your experiences so that you can understand what's possible. I would also say that I hope no matter how much money you have, how much opportunity you have in life, that you never stop seeing travel as a privilege. Um, but sometimes it gets painted with this brush of like, oh, that's for other people. Oh, that's for, you know. But I would invite everybody to take a moment to just plan a small trip. Yeah. Just see something different that maybe scares you a little bit. Even if it's another town, because it really does, your brain goes, oh, there's other, you know, it, it breaks out of the tiny little circumstances that you see. So it really does, even for the smallest child, it's it changes things. Mm -hmm. What other tips would you have for people who maybe think that they might like to travel, but they're afraid? They just, you know, maybe they don't want to travel alone or... It's just outside of what they've ever done. And so it feels overwhelming. What tips would you have for somebody like that? Well, I would say first and foremost, identify what the actual fear is, because you can apply a different solution based on what it is you are scared of. If it's that you're afraid um, that your safety is in peril or you're afraid you're going to get on the wrong plane or you are afraid that somehow you'll get taken advantage of because you don't speak a language or you're afraid that you're going to eat something that will make you sick. Like figure out because there's so there's so many things to be afraid of. <laughs> but but truthfully, it, there isn't. You know, I've been very lucky. I've I've lived in four other countries, including Russia. I've traveled to over 60 countries lately. I've been going back to the same ones again and again. But it's not that I'm fearless. It's that I'm, I, I understand what I'm afraid of and maybe plan accordingly a little bit for that aspect and then do it anyway. So if you're afraid, you know, maybe it's like, oh, I'm just afraid. I don't know if I'll get the flights right or if I'll land in the right place. And how, what happens when I land? Do I get a taxi? Is that scary? Like, so, okay. So then start maybe talking to people who have done it and, or read some travel blogs, look at some YouTube videos. Okay. Oh, now I know what airport I want to fly into. And I know now the hotel is going to book me a taxi and they're going to be standing there with my name on it. So I don't have to think about it. You know, so there's always there's always solutions to help you mitigate the things you may be afraid of. If you're afraid of, I don't want to travel alone, but you know, I know there's a real emphasis on solo travel and I do it. But honestly, I don't enjoy it that much. Sometimes I do. But if you're like, oh, I don't want to be alone. Don't be alone then. Find someone that is also excited about an adventure. Maybe you don't know anyone. Maybe you join, um, you know, there's a group that I belong to called Wonderful, W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, and it's women all over the world. And so maybe you find some other women that are going someplace and you know you have someone to meet up with. Or maybe it is going on a group tour. That's one of the reasons that I created my tours because it's 
I wanted to go places and we can we can dig into this. So I'll try to keep myself not on a tangent, stay on the path. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of places that I I've been to that are just so beautiful and amazing. And they're not getting the same tourism dollars, travel spotlight as in Italy or a France. And I understand people might look at that destination and go, oh, I don't know why I'd want to go there or that seems even scarier. So I wanted to reduce all of that friction and just create an environment where you could just come with me and I handle all of it for you. I already I know all the people that we're going to see personally. You're going to have meals with locals. So you will have that connection. You're going to have travel buddies that are fun. You probably make friends for life, which is what most of the women on my tours have done. Um so it's just really about what is it? What is that piece that you are scared of? Identify what that is and then go in and figure out how to make that not seem so scary. I love that. That is fantastic advice. And then the other piece of that really is if you're afraid to do all those things on your own, if it's so overwhelming, you do have a company where you are curating these really special experiences. So you don't have to go alone. Can you exactly. tell us a little bit about how you got started curating trips. Yes. So I started a travel blog in 2015. And I I did well with it. I, I, I won awards from the North American Travel Journalism Association. I, I was really doing work that I was proud of while I traveled. I was working with tourism boards, working with uh, brands. And so there there is a job in there, but there was a piece of, I'm, I'm very gregarious. I'm a Sagittarius. I, I'm not a big like Zodiac person, but I know that every Sagittarius I've met is a traveler. Like they enjoy travel and they just like fun. <laughs> so I, but I love people. I love people. And I love the opportunity to share a meal or rope people into a dance party. <laughs> and so there was a, an aspect of doing all this world travel. I mean, I was everywhere. I was, I was in South America. I was hiking in the Andes. I was in Mongolia. I was all over Europe. And I would write about it. And I realized that piece for me that was missing was that there were a lot of people in my audience that loved reading about it, but there still seemed to be an obstacle. So that was the first part. The second part was you're... I mean, I think if if you're an entrepreneur, you do so much work in isolation and you're not you you don't have anyone to truly connect with in the moment. And the third component for me was that uh, again, I wanted to my first the first tour I ever curated was to the country of Georgia. A lot of people may not even realize that country exists. <laughs> but to me it is one of the biggest hidden gems that we have and it's it's one of the most amazing countries like i when i was living in russia i would go to georgian restaurants and i was thinking to myself i think this food is so good like i have to go to this country and when i went to the country it was even better than i imagined and i knew that there's no way somebody that hasn't traveled much is going to pick that place to go right. to and it made me feel like there is a connection that I can I can be this conduit. I have now made friends in this country. I I've been all over it. 
what if I, instead of just sitting around in my room writing about stuff, what if I actually made a tour and invited people to come with me and experience the incredible food? The There's a, a culture of singing that happens. Uh, it, it's in the bones of every Georgian. Um, winemaking culture is 8,000 years old. It, it's there. They have an expansive like mountains and seasides, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. What if I could be the connection between these two points? And so, and then also spend time with people. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? Let's just try it. Why not? You know, it could fail or it could be amazing. And it was more amazing than I could have even predicted. And and it sold out immediately. I had 12 intrepid listeners, <laughs> readers, and they were like, I'm going to do this. And I just, I... I was thinking to myself, this is amazing. If I can do this once, where else can I make a tour? And and so I started continuing to create tours in other parts of, I, I like to focus, I find my focus is countries that maybe were former uh, communist countries, former Soviet bloc, but a lot of those were behind an iron curtain for so long and people are curious, but they're also concerned, like, is that safe? And so I wanted to kind of break that stigma. I wanted to connect people who love culture and travel and food with the people in those countries that are like, where are the tourists? We have so much to offer. We can't wait for you to come and kind of build that bridge between, you know, those two groups. And so that's how the curation came about. Of course, then there was a pandemic and then there's a war. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. So um but I just keep going because the the rewards are so great. The the people that come on my tours have they've just been amazing. We've had so much fun, and so that's why I continue to do them. Now, the other thing that I thought was really cool when I was reading about what you do is that it's not like you're just sitting behind a computer in LA going, "Oh, where should I take these people?" Like. You go and you scout out these the people and the every single aspect of who you're going to introduce them to and what they're going to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's for me that is so key. I, I, you can't curate, create a, an experience until you've experienced it yourself. At least for me, and I think that's what makes my tours really special is that I first go to any country that I'm thinking of creating a tour or return to a country and dig in. So I also work with uh, women in all of these places. So I make sure that I'm supporting small women-owned businesses, supporting female entrepreneurs, I'm ensuring that the money that we're bringing in tourism dollars is actually supporting local families and that we're rising up together, that we're building each other up. So, you know, think of all the women in, in the United States that have all these small businesses and how we can help each other by supporting each other, by working with one another. And, and so I take that with travel and ensure that we are frequenting these businesses. And so I, I mean, I first begin with uh, local guides local women that are professional guides. So for instance, in Slovenia, which is, I do have a Slovenia trip coming out, coming up August 14th through the 23rd of this year, there is still space available. So if you're listening and maybe you need to know why you want to go to Slovenia, we can talk about that too. But um, 
I make sure I have a professional guide first and foremost. And so for Slovenia, my guide, Tina, is one of the best in the world. I, I feel so strongly about my guides, but she's been, she started her own guiding company um, on her own, like, I want to say 28 years ago. And for the last 26, she's been working for Rick Steves. So a lot of people, a lot of people who maybe have, you know, poked their nose into travel, they're familiar with Rick Steves. He's got an extraordinarily big network of tours. So she does work for him. She's been doing it for 26 years. So, I mean, she can guide with her eyes closed. But she and I have created something special because we have spent, we've created a tour that is just her country. And a lot, including, you know, anyone, uh, most tour companies don't spend that much time in Slovenia. They're like, okay, let's take you to Ljubljana. Let's maybe take you to a cave. All right, you're done. And I'm like, oh, there's so much more. <laughs> so I I returned to Slovenia and um, I went in 2018. Then I went in 2019 with Tina and I really pushed her as well. So who do we know? Who do, who do you know? Who can we find? I Google all night. I look for any like off the beaten path, hidden gem. I mean, rack her brain, make her crazy. Um, as a side note, I, I have a tour to Poland, which I, oh, it's such a good tour. And my guide for that one, Maggie is a local, um, she's Polish. She was, uh, born and raised there, but then lived outside the country. And I met her in the Middle East. She's a, was a tour guide for National Geographic. And so when I came to her and said, let's create this Polish tour, like we would sit at night and Google and she would look on Google Earth. And go, okay, I think I found, this looks like a woman who runs a goat farm, but she's also a local artist. And so, and we off-roaded to her house, knocked on her door. Hi, we are thinking about bringing a group of women here next year. Would you be interested in, in helping us create this experience where we have food at your house? And, and so like, I, I really believe completely in going to each location. And honestly, like there'll be times where there's a week of scouting and none of it makes it on the tour. And there's just moments where I know I'm like, no, because if you're going to trust me with your vacation time, your vacation money, you know, I want you to have the best possible experience. And so and I have a I have a superpower for this. Like I'm really good at creating itineraries and schedules. So, yes, this is a very long answer to tell you i 100% believe in curating beforehand before I make the tour. I don't just call the tourism board and go, what do you got? I want to make sure that if you go on a tour with me, you're going to do something you will never do on another tour. And you will never do if you go by yourself. I'm going to get you behind the scenes, insider access. You are going to feel like you have best friends in that country when you leave. And it's just a much more rewarding and enriched experience. Hey there, my friend. Are you ready to take the podcasting world by storm and make your voice heard? I know it can be daunting to navigate the technical barriers and processes of editing, producing, and promoting your show, but don't let that hold you back. You deserve to share your unique message with the world and make a real impact. I'm currently offering small group podcast coaching sessions to help you confidently create a show that amplifies your voice. We'll work together every step of the way from developing your idea, naming your show, recording and editing episodes, all the way through getting it on podcasting platforms. Remember, there will never be a better time than now 
to start pursuing your passions and sharing them with the world. Let's make it happen together. Learn more about this opportunity at irisdigitalmediagroup.com slash coach. I love that. First, I love your enthusiasm for it. I mean, I can tell you just really, really love this. I, I can do. tell that you just no, I, get, I get like I'm a goober. <laughs> no, I can tell that it, it would be an, an amazing experience. Now, I think something else you said is super, super important. And that is, why is it important to you to help lift up these other local women business owners? Honestly, I believe that each one of us, you know, we have like we were talking earlier about why did you travel? You know, like I just knew it. Right. And we all have all these amazing gifts that we are here to contribute to each other, to make each other's lives better, to make each other, you know, smile and just have a a good experience while we're here on earth. And so if you can empower other people to offer up what they know they are good at, then they're happier. They're creating something in the world that's spreading joy. They're making a living off of something that they are happy to make a living at. They're not going into a job that is dulling their light or, you know, making them sad or creating stress. And if everybody can bring that joy to the world, that right there is extremely important. Um, Another aspect that I find, especially when going into Central America, but you can imagine that this could be for any of us, is that, you know, for a long time, people in Central America were under these regimes where they didn't necessarily get to follow their dream. They didn't necessarily get to do whatever they wanted. They also weren't always in a position to continue the traditions of maybe the way their forefathers made cheese or, you know, made shoes, like these things that seem small. But if you think about that being taken away from you and now you have the freedom to do these things, you're helping to preserve a culture. You're helping to preserve traditions. And so when you're visiting, like we go to this woman, I love, I love this woman, Daniela, that we visit in Slovenia. She has um, a beekeeping farm. She's also, she's allergic to bee stings, which I think is amazing, but she's so in love with bees and she understands the importance of how they help us agriculturally keep the world going. So when we go there every year, sometimes twice a year when I do my Slovenia tour, and we're giving her money to share what she knows, she now has the additional ability to create more of that. Now it's like, okay, this year, what if I built a different hive? What if I researched what they did, you know, when they started creating this? And so you're helping preserve traditions. You're helping people expand into these bigger roles of things that they're in love with anyway. So anytime, and especially for women, which for a long time, it was like, oh, let the men work and you just clean. And the women are like, yeah, but I can do this and this and this. And so you're finally now giving them the means to start entire companies, businesses, support themselves, do what they love. And even if that's on a person to person, small scale, that is a more authentic travel experience and a better human experience than if you just go to a corporation and give them some money, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay, so since we're talking about it, sell us on Slovenia. Why (laughs) does we want to go? Like, what's there? Have you heard of Slovenia? Like, I'm curious, like, because I know I have a very warped viewpoint. Like, I study the world, right? So I'm like, wait, what do do people learn obsessed? I mean, other than the name, no. Okay. 
I mean, it's yeah. not something like you said, it's not something I'd go to a map and go, I want to go there. Exactly. Right. And it's funny because if you think about so many people are like, oh, I want to go to Italy. And, and listen, Italy's amazing. I'm not dissuading anyone from going to Italy. Um, but what if you could go somewhere that had some of the similar aspects of incredible pasta? It also has ancient Roman ruins, but then it also doesn't have the same amount of crowns. It has people who are not tired of you, like being in a, you know, 10,000 of you around a fountain, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, you know, just, but also imagine some place like it's very, very green. The nature is pristine. The oxygen is just so pure. It's just a reconnection to nature. And so for me, what's exciting about Slovenia is that it borders Italy. In fact, it all, it's also parts of Slovenia were part of the former Venetian Empire. So we have cities, like little towns on the west coast of Slovenia that look a lot like Venice because they were built by the Venetians. And so you've got the sun-drenched, kind of beautiful seaside, seafood kind of area. And then the northern border of Slovenia it shares with Austria. And so you get, they have the Julian Alps in Slovenia and it gets very alpine, high mountains, like gorgeous snow caps, just breathtaking mountains. And so you have the ability to be in nature there. And they also have crystal turquoise rivers that you can hike along. And for me, being in nature and just throwing your phone. Okay, maybe take pictures. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like being part of nature rejuvenates you in ways that taking a bubble bath doesn't. I mean, not the bubble baths are bad, but you know what I mean? There's right. a different scale. Sure. And then you move to the east of Slovenia and now you have it's uh, the border is Hungary and you're getting some of that Austro-Hungarian, you know, you've got the the heavier food that's kind of like really nice you've got dumplings and you've got roman ruins and you've got forests and there's just a large diversity in this tiny country of two million people and the center of it the the capital city ljubljana is just it's so beautiful it's so clean it's like a little gingerbread town you can it's so safe you i walk around at night after dinner it'll be 11 o'clock i'll be by myself I don't even think about, oh, you know, am I unsafe? It's mm. just the food also, it's uh, they really have had a, an uprising of the Michelin star chef. And so they've always, you know, they have a purity of their farming. So the food is just, it tastes, you know, when you, you know, when you have a tomato that tastes like a tomato, like you remember right. as a kid. And so it's just incredible food, incredible wine, incredible nature, diversity, Roman ruins, Venetian towns. We spend a little bit of time on the water. It's 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 like your own secret little country because people are going to go to France and, and Ireland. And these are all amazing places. But if you're ready to go somewhere that some people might not have heard of or might not know where it is and feel like that belongs to you now. And you have people you've met that you feel like you go to their home for dinner. Like I split everyone up in small groups and you may be like two or three of your other fellow travel mates. Just you'll go to one person's house for dinner and they cook for you and they visit with you all night. And you're like, you have friends there now. Fun. And so, yeah, it's just I just love 
exactly what you're saying. You're like, I think it's by the Czech Republic. It's very close. But it's just it's just so fun because it's like you went on your own little secret trip and, you know, and you did it like a local. And so it's and I'm going to be there with you this year. Um, And you have Tina, who is she's so much fun. And she went to school like hospitality school with some of Slovenia's biggest chefs now and and some of these amazing women who have these small businesses. So you're really getting an insider experience like no other. And so I don't know. Yeah. And there are there's for sure people who that is what they want. I mean, that is what they live for is that insider experience, right? Yeah. It's clear that you put together a really, really special trip. And that if somebody was going to try to duplicate that on their own, I mean, it would have to be somebody who was really detail oriented, somebody who really enjoyed the planning. But if somebody wanted to try to plan a trip, what would be some of the pitfalls that they would have to be aware of? Yeah, I would. One of the biggest things that I've written articles about this, I, you know, I seasonally do weekly Facebook shows over on Clever Dever Wherever on Facebook. So if that's something you're interested in joining me on a live show, they're usually Thursdays at noon um, when the next season starts. And I, I actually had an entire episode, I think, and I'm pretty sure you should be able to see it on my website as well. I'm not pretty sure. I, I do know this. So I do have entire shows about, you know, how to do this. But in in a shorter answer, one of the things that I absolutely caution against is TripAdvisor. I like TripAdvisor to me is not where you want to start. It's probably you may be able to find some information, but for me, and, and it's funny because I, I one time I was in Venice and I was uh, on a gondola. And I interviewed this gondolier. I have an article about it. And he immediately was like, don't ever use it. Here's why. In Venice, the number one restaurant is this awful pasta to go boxed place. It's a stand and tourists go. And if you think about the nature of the content machine, so they'll get up to number one spot in on TripAdvisor. And then you might plan a trip to Venice and you go, oh, well, this is the number one spot. So you go. And because you don't have a comparison of being at a little mom and pop restaurant in, you know, some little alleyway, you're like, yeah, I guess this was good. And oh, I was in Venice and it was beautiful. I'll give it five stars also. And it just builds on itself this almost false information in a way. And so for me, I never use it. I just, I don't believe in it. I also don't even believe in it for hotels. It's very skewed. They have weird algorithms. So that is a huge pitfall. I would say don't fall into that. I think if you are going to plan a trip on your own, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give you is to find a travel expert that you align with, meaning you kind of have the similar taste. So you know, if they recommend a restaurant, it's going to be a restaurant that you'll probably like. If they recommend a style of travel, that's probably going to be the kind of travel that you enjoy. If they recommend certain activities, those are the same activities that you like. So just because another thing that happens, and as someone who's been a travel blogger for a long time, there is a part of you as a world citizen, and you don't want to malign anyone because you know it's their business. And so you might hate it. <laughs> but you're like, well, I'm just going to say nice things. Right. And so no one ever really gets the truth about, and I don't mean it that like this is a big conspiracy, but 
it's easier to connect with someone that you trust. And then they'll say, you know what? I don't think that hotel is going to be one that you like. Um, I know there's been this rise of, oh, no, what is chat GPT going to do to the travel industry? Because anyone can go into this AI and they give me a five day itinerary for Slovenia. It's going to spit one out. But the problem is, is it going to be something you like? Is it just going to tell you to go to a museum that you would hate? So if you can find people who are experts in the places that you're going to and that you find you agree with their taste. And at least then you can get a feel for it. Yeah. And I love that chat GPT comment, too, because (laughs) people are so worried about what it's going to do. And I still think they can't it can't replace the curiosity that we have. No, it it can't replace that human aspect of us. And I can tell when I read articles already, I'm like, ah, ah, this is written by a computer. This isn't even this doesn't entirely sound like how we would speak to each other. And I feel like I'm just getting like facts spit at me, but there's subjective facts. You know? <laughs> exactly. Because as a travel blogger, it doesn't have your stories. And that's mm-hmm. what puts the personality in everything you do. It can't exactly you. Because so, yeah. I could also say, Kim, I I know this is something you wouldn't naturally be drawn to, but here's why I think you would love it. Let me tell you. And then when I explain and you're like, okay, okay I see how that could be interesting. I will give that a try. You know, a computer can never have that that human connection, that level to share why you should go somewhere or why you might enjoy it. And again, this this is, you know, especially as Americans, we don't have very much time off. We don't, you know, we want to know that if we're going to spend money traveling, that it was worth it. So just following what a computer spits at you, you know, is not going to be your best vacation ever. No, for sure not. Okay, what kind of tips would you have for somebody that says, hey, this travel blogging thing sounds cool? Do you think somebody could still break in as a travel blogger today? You know, it's changed so extremely. Mm-hmm. That's poor English. <laughs> it's changed so much. Even And it, it does. It rapidly changes. And I, I know even in some of the groups that I've been in, they talk about, you know, do people want to read anymore? And, and I'll be honest, for the longest time I did, I would write, I, I tend to write um, humorous stories. So I'm kind of a, a humorist, if you will, but also weave it in with the authentic experience that, that I've had. And I know a lot, a lot of people have enjoyed those stories, but do people want to read as much as they used to? Uh, sometimes, yeah, I think we do still enjoy reading, but I think, you know, there's been a lot of success for people now that have, that want to be in the travel space that are spending most of their time on social media. And so I think you have to decide with anything why you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, what I realized first and foremost, it was because I was traveling nonstop and I loved the travel. And then people would always ask me, well, if I go to Prague, where should I stay? And so I thought the best thing for me in that moment was what if I write a blog post and then I just send them a link so I can stop writing these long emails or texts or trying to think about it. It's already in writing. Here you go. Boom. Um, And that's truly how it began. I just wanted to be able to have information to help people quickly. And then the why started to morph for me into, I want to help people travel, not just read about it, not just think about it, actually get on 
a plane or on a train or in a car and go somewhere and have an experience. And so that's that was my why, was that I wanted to create these tours. And as I connected with women in Poland, Slovenia, Georgia, I knew that's what I needed to do. So it really depends on what what aspect of travel is so thrilling for you and how will you share that? Mm-hmm. And if you're passionate about it and you have the um, endurance, because there's a high burnout factor for for constantly traveling, for constantly creating content. If If you are in love with it and you have the energy to push, you go with it and you just keep doing it. And of course, you'll have success because you'll connect to what you're supposed to be doing. But, you know, in terms of like this one thing, that's the best I can tell you is how to break in. Figure out your why. Figure out what aspect of travel that it is you want to share. And then you'll start. There's so much information out there about how to get sponsorship or how to, you know, have your content make money. But I think you need to start first with why you're doing it and what you want to share. Yeah, that's that's really great advice. Okay, now my world is filled with theater and film people. I have three girls who all were theater kids. So my people would be mad at me if I didn't ask you some acting questions. Absolutely. How did you get your big break? (laughs) I think that's a funny question because, you know, sometimes you wonder, what is the big break? You know, and I think I I can't, I, I don't even know if I can pinpoint one particular thing that was a quote unquote big break. Uh, maybe the opportunity to be part of the television show Castle for me that was um, an amazing experience. It, going to work was that if you've ever seen the show Castle, which if your audience, you know, it was it was on ABC for for eight years. So um, that cast, lo- like all that fun that came through the screen was all that fun that everybody was having just being together. And so that was kind of a dream job. And it was here in Los Angeles. Um, For that, I auditioned. And I auditioned in season one a couple times. And the show creators, of course, they already knew my husband because he plays Detective Kevin Ryan. So they I was already on on a friend basis with them based on that. And they came back and said they wanted to, instead of just having me come on and play a bad guy in one episode or something along those lines, what if they created something where I could always be part of the cast? And so that was, that's in season two, when you have the introduction of Kevin Ryan's girlfriend, Jenny, that was the first episode. And fortunately, you know, the the people that the higher ups that you never get to meet really at ABC were like, bring her back. And so I was lucky to be able to, you know, show up, do a good job, be a good team player, and then you get asked back. And so that, you know, but, you know, where did that break really start? You could trace it back 27 different steps. <laughs> right, for sure. Now, one of the th- pieces of advice that I always hear, it seems like it's repeated a lot. We did a whole episode about things that we learned at the Savannah Film Festival which we love. I mean, it's a student festival. But they I put, want to go to Savannah so bad. Man, they put so much effort because it's run by SCAD. They put so much effort into the education piece of it too. And so I always feel like you get, I mean, like we'll sit really close and watch the producers and the directors do their talkbacks. 
And I always feel like we learn so much. But there was this wonderful person who I can't remember her name, who was talking about not just taking a seat at the table, but building your own table. And that seems to be advice that you hear more and more these days. Is there Was there ever a point for you where you felt like you were doing things like that, where you were building your own table to create opportunities for yourself? Yeah. And and I want to give a, maybe a controversial <laughs> response to that. Yeah. Um, because it, that is something that, especially as actors out here in, you know, my husband and I live in Hollywood, and we've been in the industry now for quite a while. And it's something that gets kind of pushed on you all the time, right? Make Create your own content, create your own content. You need okay. to do this. And I think going back to what I was even saying about breaking into being in, you know, a travel blogger, you have to know why you're doing that. And right. what I mean by that is, I think like you were saying, like the student films, absolutely. When you're in school, this is your chance to explore, to write, to figure out what aspects of the of the industry you're also interested in, you're good at, you can do. But if you're an actor, I, I want to also mention that it is okay to put your heart and soul and focus into being a really good actor. Because so often there's this broad, like, just create your own stuff. Do you know how hard that is? And And I'm not saying don't do it, but at a certain point, you can get wrapped up and pulled under by putting all your focus into, I'm going to make this show. I'm going to show up every week on YouTube or I'm going to create this. And then suddenly all of that energy for that passion that you really loved um, is focused slightly on, oh God, do I have the SEO correct? Okay. Am I getting, Hey, can you watch my show? Can you watch? And so I, I want to suggest that if you're going to create your own content, that you know why you're doing it. If it's something, you know, the fact that I also have a travel company is because I love, as you can tell, I'm kind of cuckoo for travel. And so it's something that I love. But even then, it's it's hard to, I don't do my weekly show nonstop. Again, the burnout's high. When you're creating constantly, you can become depleted and drained easily. And so you have to be okay with knowing that you might write and produce and direct and cast and raise money for a project that no one will really ever see. You can put it at a film festival. You can put it on YouTube. You can get it somewhere. And you have to be okay with knowing that might be the extent of it. But you can take what you can take is what you learned. And that's invaluable. So I just... I just want to say, yes, you can build your own table. But if you're not here to be a carpenter, then it's okay to also focus on being an amazing actor and following your intuition to meet someone or to audition for something or just put yourself in a position to have a community around you. And you don't always have to build tables. I think that that is a really excellent point because building the table can be a distraction and mm -hmm. it might actually be what keeps you from getting what you want if you're not because yeah. you're losing focus exactly that's a really great point and then what tips would you have for people to just stay up and positive and keep going back because the rejection level is so high 
It's crazy. <laughs> it's like 99%. I mean, honestly, uh, if you talk to any actor and actors you think that are like really big and they're like, no, I get rejected all the time. Or you're like, what? Um, there you have to. And it's it's I'm not saying that it's easy, but you have to believe in yourself. Um, I listened to actually to a really wonderful podcast not long ago um, with this woman, Jamie Kern Lima, who created it cosmetics and she said you know you have to connect to the no to your own knowing more than people's nose so you might hear people telling you no but you still know you can almost see it like it already happened and you have to stay connected to that to knowing that you are heading in the right direction i would say you've got to have a community you know you you've got to surround yourself with positive people you really can't be around people that complain all the time or are negative if you're going to do something this hard, um, you have to maybe immerse yourself in, you know, finding something that you can do every day. Uh, you know, like, is it finding actors that you're like, oh, my God, I love that. What else have they done? Study how they act. Makes It's get it into a way that it's exciting for you. Read some acting books that, you know, my husband, we have a massive library of acting books, as you may imagine. And even though... Yeah, you just pick it up. Whether, no matter how experienced you are, you get excited about other people's excitement about acting. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are connected to the trades and what's going on in your industry. And another big piece of advice, and I, I got this actually from Gabby Bernstein, if you're familiar with her, and talking about the idea of flip how you see things. So if you see people around you, even people in your acting class or, you know, and suddenly they book something and you're like, well, what's wrong with me? Instead of beating yourself up, make it, as she calls it, driftwood, passing you by going, well, they just did it. So that means I can do it, too. You know, anything that you see people accomplishing in life that you want, instead of going, well, oh, I can't believe they got this. I wanted it. There's enough for everybody. You just have to believe in that abundance and you have to see everyone else getting it as signs from the universe that it's coming to you, too. Like, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Like, every day you got to wake up and be like, today's going to be amazing. And then today's like turns out to be a complete <laughs> cake falling apart in an oven. But you just got to, you know, it's a lot of work. You just got to go, you know yeah. what? But I learned now not to put the cake in the oven and then do this. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell people how they can connect with you, especially if they want to go on this trip. Yes. If you are listening right now and my description of Slovenia has you interested, I invite you to talk to me about it. I do have availability that you can even just book book like a 15-minute free call with me. Ask me what you want to ask me because I know going on a trip just in general can be like, how do I do? And if you have questions about Slovenia, I encourage you. I promise I'm super nice. (laughs) I do not judge. If you want to know more about Slovenia, book a call with me. If you already are are excited or you want to read more about it, then I actually have a a surprise for you. I have a discount code. And so I will give you, Kim, you have links that are available, right? So Mm -hmm. I can give people links. I give you links to share with your readers. Yep. um, Because I... I think my link is like blah 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 blah. It's really long. Right. I'll but put if it in you the show notes, 
Perfect. Perfect. But if you do go to my website, which is cleverdeverwherever.com, then you'll see right at the top, there's tours and you can just click that link and it'll take you to what's available. It'll, I also have a Christmas market tour happening this year, which is so exciting. It starts in Vienna and then we go to the Czech Republic and then we go to Slovakia and then we end in Hungary, but it's sold out. But if you were interested in that for next year, you got to be quick, but you'll be able to see what's available. And right on the top of my website, there's a, you know, just take me to the tour information. So you can read all about it. If you don't even need to talk to me, I have a few spaces left. I would love to have you and share my Slovenia with you, share all my Slovenian friends with you. And if you know you want to go, you can use the discount code DREAMLIFE150. It's DREAMLIFE150, and that'll give you $150 off of the tour price. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and any final thoughts you want to leave people with? Oh, wow. I'm a little woo adjacent. I hope that's okay for your audience. <laughs> We've done a lot of shows like this lately. <laughs> uh, yes, because, you know, I honestly, I really want to encourage you. I, I am from a small suburb in St. Louis. I grew up with a family mindset. Don't dream too big. Don't try. Don't do it. Just just stay small. Um, don't leave this part of Missouri. And I knew and it was scary. And I left my family. I left the state. I left everything I knew because I knew that there was something I wanted to do. So if you've got those little, you know, voices in your head, the good ones, not the negative ones, but the good ones that are like, you want to be an actor, you want to start a company, you want to start a bakery, you want to build a business. It sounds hard. It sounds scary. But I promise you do what lights you up. Just follow it. Figure it out step by step because it will change your world. And it's what better than to contribute what you love to the world to make it a better place. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great talking thank to you. Thank you, Kim. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.